G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. Today is a bit different than the usual usual format. Today I have somebody that isn't a hunter at all, isn't an outdoor enthusiast at all, but someone that's looking to get into it. So I thought it would be a great idea to bring him on and just bounce questions off of each other, what, what we think of hunting what a non-hunter thinks of hunting and fishing and what questions. And um, I'm actually going to start taking him out and teach him how to fish and shoot and go hunting and just see where it goes and hopefully do a few more podcasts as he learns. And yeah, so welcome, Greg. How are you going, mate? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I was thinking as the intro was rolling, I'm like, this is a lie. This is a lie. You're not going to connect them with, with someone in the hunting community. This is all a lie. I'm sorry to disappoint you people. No, no. I, I think it's going to be really good because it's. I get a lot of questions from people that are just starting out like yourself or who are interested. They've seen it on social media, on YouTube, on Netflix. They've watched Meat Eater and they want to know how to get into it because not everyone has the privilege of growing up in an outdoor family such yeah. as I did, yeah, and being like my grandfather taught me, my dad, my stepdad, you know, I've I've learned so much from so many people that, and I've always never really thought about it until like I've started taking people out that not everyone gets the privilege of growing up and doing this. Yeah, I love that you're you're looking at it as it was a privilege that they were handing that knowledge down to you, mate. Because it's like you're part of a lineage, yeah. right? And it is a privilege to be part of a lineage. So it's 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 pretty awesome. And uh, hopefully, I can take some of the stuff from you. And I appreciate that you've offered to to sort of take me under your wing and stuff. I'm intimidated just sitting in here with all these. <laughs> we've got bows and crossbows and all sorts of stuff all around. I'm like, oh man, I'm in way over my head. <laughs> Nah, we'll we'll definitely get you there. We'll ease you in, like we've discussed. We'll um take you out fishing first, and yeah, get yeah. you get you a fish. And um, you've got kids yourself. In in fact, that's actually how we we've met. Our kids went to daycare together, and we met at a at one of the birthday parties, the fourth or the fifth birthday party, and we got chatting. And um, you've got a podcasting background, and yeah. I kind of picked your mind for it. You're half of the reason why we're sitting down here today. I, I bought the equipment from you and yeah, I picked your brain. Man, it's so good to be sitting at the gear again. I'm just like, <laughs> I recognize all of this. I'm watching your technique. I'm like, oh, is he? No, he's... I'm, I'm getting judged. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, man, you're doing well. You're doing well. And I see the social posts and stuff and I've listened to a couple of episodes, man, and That's I'm great. loving it. So That's you're doing really well. I'm glad it was, I, I'm glad that the stuff ended up in good hands when I decided to, <laughs> yeah. to move on from that chapter. So. Uh, uh, um, thank you. You had it, had it up for sale when I was uh, yeah, <laughs> getting it was, into it. It was very fortuitous. It was good timing. I don't, I don't. I only think I've been bugging you about podcasting for about three and a half years, asking you questions and yeah. what should I get, what should I get. <laughs> Well, that's it. And now it's time for us to, to flip that. And now it's time for me to ask you all the questions. And yeah. be like, what are we doing? How am I going to do this? 
And like my big problem is like you're mentioning things like people who've watched Meat Eater and stuff yeah. and they're asking you questions. And you've told me so many times to watch Meat Eater <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to, but there's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah. So I don't even know how we're going to do this, but I'm, I'm keen to do it. Um, I've never done anything at all. And you've been doing it. How old were you when you went on your first like hunt? Uh, I was too young to remember. Right. So I've been fishing and like there's photos of me, you know, couple months old out fishing with that's my grandparents insane. so <laughs> that's insane because like so i haven't even camped in yeah. terms of camping camping like i when i was in like when i was a kid when i used to go to youth group and we'd go to camps and it was like you were in the bunkhouse and yeah stuff, you know what i mean and that's about as gritty as i've ever gotten <laughs> no i tell a lie actually man when i was like i think it was like my 19th birthday weekend we went and we we just put up tents but it was still at a at a camping ground, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And and I was shit-faced, so I don't even remember <laughs> what it felt like to sleep on the dirt, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, I, I, I definitely know what you mean. I've been uh, passed out in in a couple of campgrounds <laughs> before in the forest in my younger days. That's irresponsible, to go to go hunting and, and drink, surely. No, no, not no? not hunting, this is camping, oh, okay. partying oh, in the forest. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's a different thing, that's a different thing. I oh, know you. You drink when the when the hunting's finished around the campfire at night, but you always be responsible around guns and alcohol and yeah. all of that. So yeah, do you have like rituals that you engage in? Not not really. Like you know, there's some people that like smear blood over, like someone that gets their first animal, they'll smear a bit of blood over the cheeks of the right. person. Some people take a bite out of the heart, like get get their mates to take a bite of that heart. Um, I don't really have any rituals. I'll I'll sit down, pat the animal, say thank you. You know, that's a ritual. My, like, that's a ritual. My yeah, I, that's I, a ritual. I don't do it out of like I have to do this. It's just you know something that happens. You feel a lot of remorse and not sad sadness, but like empathy and remorse and right. You're feeling thankful. Like yeah. it's 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 you a don't wi- feel remorse. Don't like I know you're a heartless <laughs> cat killing bastard. You are. I've seen it. I know. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the social. You've seen media. the global hate campaign. Yeah, I've seen it. I know it. You're 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 a heartless <laughs> cat murdering bastard. I can't believe you would kill a poor helpless. Look at the hat. There's the cat hat right there. I've. It's disgusting. Uh, you're lucky I feel I don't sick have... to my stomach sitting here with the likes of you. Uh, so, <laughs> where are you from, Greg? I grew up in Sydney, man. Yeah. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, grew up in Sydney, uh, right at the foot of the Blue Mountains. Um, and uh, Amazing area. Which, which, like, when you think about it, it's like, how did I never go camping? You There's know what I mean? lots of hunting, fishing, full driving out yeah. of there. I know and a lot of these people that listen to this podcast, they live in that area, you know. Yeah. One of the past guests, he was Bathurst, another one of the taxidermists. Uh, Lana, she's in the Sydney suburbs, you know. So yeah. there's lots of. I can I can imagine it would be great there. Lots, of arts. you know, um, and and so it's kind of shocking that I never did anything. And like, because my my dad as well, yeah. he grew up in the Blue Mountains, and he he talks about like being a kid and basically living in the bush, yeah. right? Like, like in terms of every spare minute that they had, they were off, you know, barefoot back in my day, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> they were off in the bush, but uh, by the time. So I'm uh, a younger. I'm the youngest of five, uh, and my youngest brother is ten years older than me. 
Yeah. Well. Right. So I was, I was the afterthought accident yeah. that happened and that's fine. Like, and, and my parents gave me everything. Like I was super spoiled. All my other brothers and sisters hate how much, like I had piano lessons. I had all this stuff, but I never did anything outside. They yeah. did. Right. Like my brothers used to go on the truck with my dad, but he, he got into an accident and stuff. So by the time I was old enough to do anything, he wasn't yeah. capable of doing those things anymore. And so I never experienced any of that stuff. Yeah. That's a shame. But, um, you know, we've connected on other things, podcasting, um, you know, you're quite into your games and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I'm a geek. I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge geek. This is like, this is so not my world because I'm such a huge geek. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a massive conspiracy nut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so like <laughs> We had a lot of fun over lockdown. <laughs> so I am convinced that the world is ending. And I need to upskill. I need to prepare. <laughs> so like we've, we've just started, we're learning. So at the same time, as, so we've picked things that we want to upskill in, right? So my missus, she's decided that she wants to, she's she's really good with her hands. So she's like um, fixing furniture, rebuilding things, you know, sanding things down, cutting things up, making new things. And she's also uh, crocheting. She loves to crochet, awesome. right? And so for me, it's like, well, I'm going to get out in the garden because I like a bit of quiet time yeah. out there. So I'm, learning how to grow veggies and stuff. And then this is going to be my other thing. So I want to start with fishing and hopefully work my way up. And There's uh, no hopefully. You will be working your way up. I will oh. be working my way up. All right. <laughs> with how long we've discussed doing this, yeah. I'm not letting you escape from it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me now. E- so. Even if you're screaming, holding a fish. Well, the thing is the, the kids want it too. Yeah. Right? Like the kids both, they're like, man, I want, we want to do scouts. We want to do this and all this. And it's like, you know, you're talking about, your, your your dad and your granddad handing some of the knowledge down to you and taking you out. And it's like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. I want that for my kids, you know. Um, I want them to have those skills. It's so. amazing how kids are just naturally drawn to that stuff. Like, yeah. even though they haven't grown up with it, yeah, they're naturally drawn to it. It's like, it's our DNA coming out. And I see it with my own kids, um, you know. I went out to the forest with Aiden a few months back and um, I carved him a knife out of wood and he got excited with the knife so now i've gone and bought him a pocket knife and right. so he can w- learn to carve stuff and then like lighting a little fire like he's watching sitting there watching how i do it so i've gone and bought him a flint and so i've got him a little little kit with a flint a compass yeah a pocket knife first aid kit all of that stuff to start rolling it through you know he's, I, he's got he's got more more than me <laughs> he, he, knows, he, he's, he's, he probably knows more than me i could probably learn from him <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just something that comes, like, even the youngest, Ollie, is too. Like, when I was lighting the fire, he's sitting there right next to me, kneeling down with his hands on his knees, with his head turned, like, cocked sideways, just watching how I'm doing it. Yeah. Just like, Dad, fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, it. And they, they absorb everything, yeah. man. So, like, and but it is it is crazy how even without, um, without that exposure, because, like, obviously you're doing it. And yeah. so you bring them along because they're kids and you bring them along as part of your life. I mean, my kids come along to the skate park and stuff. Yeah. And so that's like their sort of unusual thing, I guess, is they, they understand uh, skating and they understand pro wrestling better than most people do. Right? <laughs> and technology. And te- well, yeah. Well, I've, I've met your kids. They're super smart. Like. Yeah. Well, they are. They're really switched on kids. But like, and my daughter especially, it's like just how much she loves nature. She's told me, I think I'm a nature witch. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Where'd, what did, where did you hear about this? <laughs> so, but like... 
Um, and she always wants to go out and always wants to go to the bush, always wants nature play. Like if there's a playground and then, you know, a bunch of like tree stumps and stuff like that, she's always going to the nature play. Yeah. You know, and she loves it. And she's um, she's watching Bear Grylls That's on Netflix. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know Bear Grylls was on Netflix. Yeah, he's got to choose your own it's adventure. A ch- yeah, it's a choose your own adventure. As soon as I found out, he stays in five-star hotels in between <laughs> filming. I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm out. Well, they've they've played it. They've played that choose your own adventure thing every which way about seven times each. What's like, it like? Is it pretty pretty good? Is it like the old Goosebump books where you yeah chose yeah. your own adventure? Yeah, and like, and if you die, you go back and yeah, cool. yeah, 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 pretty much. But yeah, I you might can, have you to can, get Aiden on it. <laughs> you can get him to just lead himself right off a cliff. Like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, the kids can be pretty sadistic with it. It's like kids. Or you, <laughs> no, the kids. The, well, yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch him fail. But no, but they, the just the fact that they're drawn to it and they're like, like they'll go go out the bat and they'll play Survivor. Yeah, right. And they'll be building their little fires and stuff. And I'm like, man, I want. We, we need to learn how to do this for real. So. Yeah, we do a lot of Nerf gun fights and that around the house. Yeah. You know, even Ollie, the two year old, he's, he's running around with the Nerf gun. He'll yeah. run around with his teddies and line his teddies up, and he's got a deer teddy, and he'll shoot that or. Do you yeah. guys have have rules with the with the Nerf guns and stuff? Not the Nerf guns. Have I, I, have I told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I make sure they have proper like because we have Nerf guns too, yeah. and I'm like, you have proper trigger discipline. You do not put your finger yeah. in there unless you're going to shoot. Yeah, no, I I I did. I learned growing up. You know, guns are guns. Yeah. Some people, toy guns, they don't allow them. They treat them as real firearms. Yeah. I think it's good to have a distinction and teach them from a young age that, you know, you've got toys and then you've got actual firearms. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm teaching Aiden to shoot and um, I took his soccer coach and his soccer coach's son out target shooting a few weeks back and, like, I'm telling him that, you know, if you fuck up with this, you can kill yourself or even worse, kill somebody else. Yeah. Like, drill that into them. Yeah. But Nerf guns with the little little foam foam bullets, we run around and have full-on Nerf fights. We've yeah. got a big Well, thousand. like, our thing is if if everyone agrees to it, if everyone's consenting and being like, yes, absolutely, you can aim at yeah. me, you can shoot at me. Yeah. Go for it. Balls to the walls, go bananas, like, shoot... Shoot your brother in the eye. I yeah. <laughs> we don't want any Alex Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but but the thing is, I just want them to know, like, even though this is a toy, like these are very powerful things. Yeah. And we're a geek family, and the kids know with great power, <laughs> you got to have that great responsibility. So they act responsibly around even the toy ones. Uh, I've made sure of it. It's good, and like with Aiden, you know, we tell him not to shoot. Like, if we say, that's enough, you know, that's yeah. enough. And yeah. he'll listen and, you know, Ollie's starting to learn how to shoot him. He'll run around with him. But, you know, um, I make a very distinct effort to tell him that, you know, you've got toys and you've got actual weapons that can hurt you yeah. or other people. So, yeah, I, I like the distinction. But, yeah, I've I've met people that, you know, won't let their kids have cap guns. Yeah. They won't, you know, let their kids have stick guns and... My thing is, like, I've never even held a gun myself. Yeah. I've never held a real gun, right? But I just know enough from reading, from listening to podcasts and stuff that it's important to have that discipline around them. Like, I know enough to know when I don't know enough, yeah. right? And so I defer to other people when other people are like... I've, I've heard... I can't remember who it was. It was... It was, like, so, someone on... It was probably, like... Steven Crowder or something. It's like, make sure your kids know, like, you don't ever, like, this is not, 
you don't mess around with this. It, it might not have been him. It might have been someone else on his stuff or whatever. But like, there was that in that vein. And it was like, yeah. And I just, I was like, you know what? I don't know enough about guns, but I do know that I don't know enough. So I'm going to listen to other people and be like, I'm going to teach my kids to make sure they understand that these are a tool, right? Not a toy, but there are toy versions of the tool. So you use the toy version, just, just like you wouldn't use a toy hammer yeah. just willy nilly. You use the toy hammer when you're playing construction. Yeah. You use the toy gun when you're playing uh, you know, hunting or survivor or anything like that, like you do. And then when it comes to, if you want to have a, a fight, if you want to play cops and robbers, whatever, just make sure everyone agrees. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, if you don't teach your kids properly, especially when it comes to firearms, they're always going to have that curiosity about them. And that's when kids, or fear. not so much fear. Like you, you see it more with curiosity, curiosity with, especially boys, they want to get into stuff and see how stuff works. So if you don't teach them, they're going to want to oh, yeah. get their hands on it and teach themselves. Oh, yeah. Where if you teach them from a young age, and that's that's the argument with, you know, in the States, they used to teach shooting lessons at school. Yeah. You know? I think where we should. If you, yeah, exactly. I wish we did. <laughs> <laughs> did. Did I tell you about my boy, what he did to the boxing bag we had? No. We had, it was like an inflatable one, right? Like an inflatable, because... Uh, they they bugged me about getting a, a boxing bat. So I was like, yeah, for, for sure. I want one too. Let's do it. We got an inflatable one, cheap one from Big W, whatever. And uh, he decided one day to try to, um, like, to see if he could pop it by jumping on it. <laughs> I was like, he's, he told, he, he framed it to me as, it was an experiment. I was just trying to see what would happen. <laughs> I'm like, that's it, man. That's, that's the boys. They will experiment with they you. Will. So you got to be on top of it. Yeah, yeah. if you, you teach them and show them that, you know, Actions have consequences. It's Ooh. going to be better than them getting into it themselves. It's, you know, yeah. you teach them the safety, you drill it into them enough. When it comes to the time for them to go out on their own, they're going to know not to fuck around with it because they've been drilled into it enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, yeah, I can't say when I started shooting, but, you know, it was all, always drilled into me and I've never known anything anything different you know yeah yeah so you would have been taught from very early how yeah. to handle it how to respect it yeah yeah whereas it's something that i didn't realize until and i was a person who was afraid of guns like i would have in my like early 20s or whatever i would have been like yeah gun control absolutely you know what i mean <laughs> um until i learned more <laughs> about history and about conspiracies guns. And, well, not just bro history is not a conspiracy man it's not a conspiracy depends who you talk to it's not a conspiracy to say that every dictatorial regime ever has come for the guns it's not that's no. not a conspiracy that's fact yeah so you know yeah we could go all day <laughs> on go down the rabbit hole on gun laws america <laughs> australia um so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off taking your fishing and because mm. it's something you haven't done. It's I've used a hand reel, um, and I've never caught anything. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so something, something you I've haven't done. done. Yeah. <laughs> so I reckon it, our best avenue is going to be start off fairly easy, and it's something that you'll be able to take your kids out and do after I've shown you what to do. You yeah. know, so. In Adelaide, we're pretty lucky. We have places like Mawson Lakes. Um, unfortunately, the wetlands down the road, we can't actually go fishing in because this council doesn't allow fishing in the wetlands. Okay. Um, so it's a council by council thing here. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. Stupid laws. Don't yeah. get me started. But <laughs> So you can actually go to Mawson Lakes, take a fishing rod, some corn, some bread, and 
have a chance of catching carp and there's big well, goldfish like in, in the, there. In the lake there, like, the right, big, like in, right where I go to cafes with people. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. So you can set up there and yeah. go fishing. So these, me taking you out, you're going to be able to then take your kids out. You probably wouldn't want to eat anything you catch from there. Um, <laughs> but it's going to get your kids hands-on experience. Um, yeah. So is it just catch and release? No, no. So carp are an introduced species. Okay. So you have to kill them. Okay. So they're right. a noxious species. We have a couple of different types of noxious species in Australia and South Australia. Our two biggest ones are redfin perch, yeah. which are a European fish that has been brought over. They're quite aggressive. Um, so they'll target all our native species. Um and then carp, they bottom. They're mainly bottom feeders. They muck up the water. They suck on banks and cause bank erosion in the river. Right. And you know, uh, I think a female carp during spawning season produces like seventy thousand eggs or eighty thousand eggs each spawn. So okay, you can see how they're so they, they spread massively. And they stuff. do. They do. And you know. They, so that's the thing is you do this like you do this as well as like in terms of conservation and stuff, right? Yeah. There's it's it's a benefit of it. You know, you can use it saying that we do it for conservation and it's an argument that I've used in the past and other people use still and I still use it sometimes too, depending who you're talking to, because it's it's a good argument and it saves the greeny types going you're just letting that fish die, you're just letting that animal yeah, yeah. die for nothing. So we use the conservation aspect of stuff. We use the food. We use, you know, the well, like, because I, I don't know. So for me, I still feel like like every life has something special about it. It does. You know what I mean? And so to even though it might might have been introduced, like it's no fault of its. And so I'm like, to kill it when I'm not planning to eat it, I don't know how I feel. Yeah, that's that's one of the arguments people have, especially in South Australia, following the fishing pages that, you know, carp are the small ones you can catch plenty of. Um the bigger ones are harder to catch, you know. They they grow, you know, 90 centimetres long, you know, you can get them up to, which is a decent fish, you know. Right. And they get big bellies on them. In Europe, they're protected. So a lot of, in a lot of England, they have ponds where they've got 25 kilo, 30 kilo fish that they target for the world record, but they have to catch and, catch and release. Right. Where here, the law is to kill it and throw it in the bush. Or put it in a bin if you're in a public area where you right. can, like it's. Well, I guess I guess I could feed it to some local cats, right? Yeah, you can. You can. And, and, you can and stuff and then, them up for yeah. you. Like get, get some hats <laughs> so that you have a bit more. Get some turn mittens into some mittens. <laughs> That's amazing. Kitten mittens. Um, Does gonna, your um, cat constantly <laughs> scratch across the table? No, you don't uh, get that reference. No. Oh no. man, always sunny. No, no. He creates kitten mittens, no. but it's not mittens from kittens. Yeah, no. So you wouldn't be interested. Uh, no, I'll, I'll have to take that idea to um, KI Catman and see if he can make me some kitten mittens. That's amazing. Preferably with the heads so you get the... Yeah. I, I don't want to be any part of this, man. <laughs> get me cancelled. Um, so, yeah, with, like that's our biggest argument here in Australia with hunting as well is that everything that we pretty much hunt is an introduced species. Yeah. So we've got like... I think it's 26, 28 different 
quote unquote game species, feral species that we target here. Right. And that's like from rabbits all the way up to buffalo, wild cattle, camels. Wait, we have buffalo here? Yeah. So we and got, camels? Yeah. Yeah. So what? <laughs> no, no. It's, yep. We have camels in Australia. We do. We do. We have the largest herd of what's the camel with one hump? Um, what are they called? Dromedary? No. Am I just the most ignorant they? motherfucker you've ever no, talked to, or no, what? Like, no, I, I didn't know this. This is why I've wanted you on because people that are getting into hunting, they don't know much about hunting. They're going yeah. to have the exact same reaction as you are. So, we actually export camels back to like Saudi Arabia and a lot of the Arab countries because we have so many wild. We also har- shoot them from helicopters, round them up, harvest them for meat too. That's insane. You can eat camel meat. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I mean, well, I su- you can eat pretty much any meat. Pretty much any yeah, meat. Pretty much any meat, yeah. They're, um, one of my good mates, Hainsy, Hainsy's been on the podcast. He goes out to one of his brother's stations that his brother manages and shoots camels and then brings back hundreds of kilos of meat, makes sausages and salamis and... That's crazy. Mints and so... I'll pretty much what pops into my head. I'll tell you what I can think of. You know, we've got rabbits, European hares, foxes, cats, wild dogs. I'm trying to go like size, size wise, Um, wild dogs, goats, pigs. Um, We've got six species of deer. We've got, so to, to just here, we've got fallow deer. So the different antlers are the easiest way. Fallow deer have like a flat palmated antler. Then we have so this one here's a feral goat. That's yeah, I, I can tell goat horns. Yeah, yeah. that's thirty three inches. The biggest one shot in Australia is like fifty five and a half inches spread to spread. You've got samba deer. That's another fallow deer up the back there. Um, what else do we have in here? We've got a few different species from other places, but. You've got seeker, you've got um, chittle, whitetail. So every deer species has a different antler configuration. Um, but the ones we have here in Australia, we've got hog deer, which are about the size of a Labrador. Um, they're not the smallest deer species in the world, but the smallest in Australia. Then we've got fallow, samba, red stag, rusa, and then um, chittle or axis. Um then we've got camels, donkeys, wild horses, buffalo, bentang, which is like a wild cattle. Um, then scrub bull, which is a wild bull. Wait, bentang, like like the brand, like bentang. Not bentang, but okay. bentang. Bentang, yeah, okay. Yeah, so right. they're like a big, clean, like a real clean skin, big bull with massive um, horns on them. And right. But yeah, they're they're a huge huge animal. So yeah. yeah, we've got all these different species here, and that's all, they're all introduced. all introduced, right? So camels were brought over to help build the railway tracks, right, around Australia, and then you know they just let them go Some and they wander up. off or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's thousands. That's like, crazy. There's a um, South Australian bow hunter Casey McCullum. He did a video on hunting different species, and it's like the first hunt bow hunting video I ever watched and it's kind of what got me really interested into bow hunting but they're sitting on a dam in Outback either Outback South Australia or Outback Northern Territory and they're sitting on a dam and like 
200 camels just right. come into this dam and they're drinking at the dam and it's just dust and camels as far as you could see. That's insane. I, I want to get back to the fishing, but yeah. with, the, with the hunting, right? You talk about bow hunting and obviously you've got the guns and you, you do the gun hunting and stuff. I've, I've done a couple of archery lessons. Yeah. Is it better when we do get there? Is it better for me to look at that or is it better to start with a gun? Depends on what you're more interested in. Right. Okay. We can always use more people with gun licenses in Australia because it's another voice. Yeah. But there's no reason you can't do both. Yeah. You know, you, you well, can I've, go I've told your... you before that, like, I, I, I'm healthily afraid of guns. And I think that's partly because I've never... Yeah. I've never... T- so I think that once I have a bit of experience or whatever. But it's also... It's just like... You know, you hear the statistics of... And you're, you're probably going to tell me how the statistics <laughs> are bullshit. And it's great. I'm here for it. But... The statistics of, you know, there's, you're at more risk if you have it in the home and these sorts of things. And as well, I mean, uh, we're not allowed to use them here for self-defense, even if we no. wanted to, which is... Yeah, that's another story. We <laughs> won't get into that one. <laughs> we could go all <laughs> over the place. But, you know, so, yeah, I worry about having something like that in the house. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why we have this big black box behind me. It's a gun safe. It's yeah. bolted to the ground. It's got a keys... The guns and the ammunition are separate and both locked and only I know where the keys are. So it's not going to be an issue. And that's what we are talking about before with kids. Like if you teach them young enough, depending on what your different states have different gun laws, some states you're not allowed to touch a firearm to you like 12. Yeah. It, it changes. It varies. Um, but if you teach your kids even without letting them shoot, but you show them, that loses the curiosity and yeah. they have some knowledge. So well, this that's, is this is going to be beyond the scope of beyond the scope of this podcast, I reckon. But like you know, have mental health issues in my family history. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I'm doing the best I can by my kids, but you never know. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, I, so I understand. There's, there's a fear there. There's a yeah. worry. Yep. Um, Look, that might be something you chat with a doctor. Um, the gun law, laws in South Australia and or Australia and the way that um, our licensing goes, they do look into some of that at times. Um, you know, if I go to a doctor and I have mental health issues and I get antidepressants, there's a chance that cops will rock up at my door and take my guns. Right. Um, so we do have some of those checks and balances in place. I don't agree with them. Um, Me either, but I but think it should be a personal they, choice. They, they are there. Um, you know, if you're going through something like that, I can give my firearms to a friend who has a safe and they can legally store them. Well, at least here, I'm not sure in other states, but they can legally store them in their safe with written permission from me and I don't have access to them. So if I'm in, you know, if in someone's in that, in that bad place, you yeah. have that option if that's something you're worried about. Right. But you can also put them in storage through like gun shops and um, gunsmiths. They'll charge you to look yeah. after them. So that's another option. Um, but yeah, we do have these checks and balances. If it's something you're really worried about, um, archery, but you know, with it's, it's, I don't know that I'm worried about it for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm having talking it in the family and having your know, kids. Yeah, yeah. It's you never know how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like 
for me, my, my mental health issues, because I think we all have some level of mental health issues. For me, it's mostly anxiety. Yeah. And, and what I've noticed is it's way, uh, my anxiety is diminished when I spend, the more time I spend, spend outside, outside. So which is crazy. This is going, brings me to my next point about it is that people that I know that hunt, they either shoot bows, they shoot guns, and they're doing it regularly. They tend to have less mental health issues. Yeah. Because one, hunters are out there hunting. They're spending time in nature away from screens. And like all of this has big, the blue light, all of that has huge issues on mental health. Like you probably see it like on the gaming side, people that spend more time indoors on games have way more mental health issues than outdoor yeah, type people. it's 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 a um it's a self fulfilling cycle with the the dopamine and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And so, like, I do dopamine detoxes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's I'm very mindful of it, and my life has changed entirely when I've started doing yeah. that. And just like a half hour walk in the morning, like outside, <laughs> right? Because no, because like for real, I used to do it just on a treadmill. Yeah. But like the difference between actually going outside and doing it compared to being on a treadmill and doing it is like huge. And then going to that next bit. So like the actual shooting part of it, whether you're shooting bows at a target, yeah. a 3D target, or you're shooting rifles at a rifle range, like all of that anxiety, all the, you know, all your mental health issues for me at least. And people that I've spoken to about it, like if you're having a bad day, you go shoot the bow, all of that stress, all of that anxiety seems to go with the arrow. Yeah. Like you're putting it because you're focusing on that one thing. It seems like all of your issues, all of that, like it just goes with that shot. Right. There's something and almost primal about it. Like yeah. Just, it's, yeah. Even if it's like just plinking targets. So plinking targets like usually refers to someone shooting a 22, which is a 22 caliber, um, small round rifle. It's a rimfire. Um, but like, you're just hitting small steel targets or cans and bottles like it, all of that, you know, if work's been stressful, I'll go sit out at my hunting property and shoot some cans and bottles and like you're having a hell of a time. Like you're not, yeah, all of that right anxiety and all of that goes down. So it, it, it depends on, you know, how you look at it, who you speak to, but you know, as a law abiding firearm, firearms owner, this is stuff that we have to, Think about, like, if you're suffering with something and you go speak to that doctor, you can lose your firearms for 10 years. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's something we have to worry about, like. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to one of my mate's podcasts, um, Senate Mate Podcast, and they were talking about, like, the different things that will stop you from getting a firearms license in Australia. Like, I've had multiple friends who got, you know, busted with weed when they were, 16 17 and they're in their 30s now and they've gone to go get their firearms license no no automatically red flag wow you know like uh, one of them had to write a letter like a judge of character letter and all of that and still this is probably almost two years he's been going through the system trying to for having a bit of grass yeah that's it like that's all it it takes man and this is you know normally that minor stuff doesn't but when it comes to this stuff they'd use anything they can like in some parts of australia 
Um, I'm not sure exactly on the states, but I think Queensland, New South Wales, if you get too many speeding fines or red red light tickets, they can take your firearms license away. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how much? Do you know much about Tasmania? Not heaps with their firearm laws. Because right. um, I'm, I'm eyeing Tasmania. Just saying, it looks like a nice place. It, it's good. They've got <laughs> crappy deer hunting laws. Damn. Um. So they're a game species down there. I say damn like it'd affect yeah. me, yeah. But I'm looking forward, you know? It's it's great because they're not classed as an introduced species down there. They're managed as a game species. Okay. But with saying that, they only manage most of it through April. Like that's their their actual hunting season. So right. most of Australia doesn't have hunting seasons, but Tasmania does for the deer. Right. So it's a big hot button topic down there, whether they change the classification of them being a game animal to an introduced species and let you shoot them all year round. But it also gives the government like the ability to go cull them out of all the national parks and all of that where they don't let you hunt and just wipe them out. Like that's, that's most of the environmental agencies plans is to wipe them all out where, you know, majority hunters see them as a resource, but they need to be managed both as a resource and as an introduced species at the same time. You, so when you talk about um, like the mental health and stuff with, with, with hunting, how's the community? Because like, I'm guessing you'd have to, like like you said, you can write a note and have it stored yeah. in your friend's safe or whatever else. I mean, you got to have strong bonds to do that. Do you, do you look at hunting? Is it like a solo thing or is it a group thing? You go out it together? Can be, it can be both, man. Um, I... I like hunting by myself, but I like hunting with mates. Um, most of my really good mates these days have been met through social media based on hunting, right. through hunting groups, pages, Instagram, um, and just mutual friends. And right. that's how, how we've met and we've built, you know, friendships stronger than, you know, most people have in a lifetime, you know, because you're out there you're putting in hard yards so you're putting in blood sweat and tears chasing deer oh it's not your blood though is it it, it can be it, <laughs> no you know you take a good tumble down a hill it's it, nah, fair, fair. it's it's your blood you're using knives yeah you know yeah i've watched bear grills <laughs> so you're building these bonds through doing something hard and you're doing it together whether there's two of you out or three or four of you out you know if someone's taking their first animal you know, you're sharing that emotional time through them. Yeah. Um, that's why I like taking new people out because like even just doing this podcast, it's making me think of stuff that I take for granted because I just know it. Like I don't have to put any thought behind it and then having to talk and discuss it is making me think more about it. And it's the same when you're taking someone new out. So you're, they're asking all these what you might think is a basic silly question, but it's having the person that's taken the new person out really drum it out and makes it better for themselves. And then you're building bonds through, through all of that. So it's like a, you got like a hunter mentor type bond you're building. You got, yeah, the blood, sweat and tears. You got the emotional moments, you know, like I've seen grown men cry like (laughs) through hunting an animal. Like yeah. just because it's you, you, you are taking something's life, so it can be emotional. It can 
like it comes out like people laugh and joke trench humor type stuff but people cry people need a you know five ten minutes to themselves just to process it all yeah some people don't speak some people you know like i said sit down with the animal but you're sharing all these raw emotions while you're out with people so it's like that's how we've bonded for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and the, and like, there's something so interesting about it. But at the same time, it's like, man, what if what if you take the life and then you like it? Like, what if I'm a psychopath and I don't know it yet because I've never had the opportunity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, it's not. It's it's not about liking killing something. It's all the things that lead up to it, and all the things that lead. Like, you can't say you don't like hunting. Like, you like hunting, but it isn't fun. Because it is fun. Yeah. Like, shooting, hunting. But it's everything that leads up to it and everything that leads after it. So, once you've shot something, you've got that remorse and raw emotion stage. Then you get into... You're gutting it. Then you're skinning it. Then you're seeing the meat side of it. Then you're taking that home. You're feeding your family. I go to work. I give stuff to mates. Yeah. I've given it's, yourself... You've given us stuff, yeah. Stuff, you know, at yeah. the start of the pandemic, you're like, oh, when when there was a bit of a meat shortage, you're like, hey, man, yeah. can I have some meat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're so, down, the shelves were yeah. empty. We're like, yeah. holy crap. Like, is that, goes, what do you got for me? <laughs> and exactly, you know, i got the big chest freezer there and, yeah. like, sharing it is a part of it, you know. Both of my neighbours, either side of my house, I've given them venison, I've given yeah. them goat, you know. Um, you know they want to make that illegal, though. No, no. I, no, I saw it. I no. saw it in the newspaper. Fake, fake, fake news. news. Fake All news, right. man. It's been good. Good. Cause that worried me. I was like, oh, it's starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I try not to speak about this too much, but you know, everyone shared it. I shared it. Um, it was just new legislation that it wasn't new legislation. It was just worked on, and it's just had that individual bit was worded right but it's not the whole the whole piece i actually listened to a good podcast on it today with a a guy guy who runs blood origins podcast he's a south african dude that lives in america but he got two guys from victoria on it so one from the australian deer hunting association and then one from the double sa which is the sporting shooters association of australia yeah and they debunked it broke it down right um but it did well, worry a lot of people. Yeah, well, I saw it. Um, I I think I did see it when you shared it. But I also saw it in spread or fake news. <laughs> I also saw it in conspiracy circles and stuff because you know they're coming for us. And the and, ro- the Rogan fart <laughs> growing like, your own vegetable things probably went around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, like there was a, a situation here with um uh, a a woman who found some wild mushrooms in amongst her grown mushrooms yeah. didn't realize it ate them they ended up in hospital and i'm like oh here we go the fear campaign started they're going to ban backyard gardens you know so, what I mean? like that's yeah. where my mind's yeah. at with so mushroom mushroom season every year no, no, there's people yeah. that end up in hospital and was, they always do articles saying you know it's the fear on the pi- article you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah and that's it's why like they're I, trying I, to do something i, I stay away <laughs> from Media no, at the best. I, I told some, I told, so I've got some friends that are, you know, first nations Yeah, and, um, and I didn't even think of it in regards to, it. I was just like mentioned it because I'd seen it that day and, uh, they were like, they, that's like, so they were like, they're coming for us. Yeah. Cause they're like, that's, that's an assault on, on, yeah. on our culture. Yeah. So that 
a lot of those laws don't affect Aboriginal people, First Nations people, um, just because they have different rights to the land than we have. Right. So, you know, in South Australia, as far as I know, Aboriginal people don't need to have a hunting licence. Okay. And they can traditionally partake in their hunting culture and yeah. hunt and gather as long as it's not like a fully protected species. Or well, that's good. Something like that. Yeah. So I'm well, not too sure on you, the regulations. You but talked about, you know, all the um, introduced species yeah. and stuff. Do, do you hunt any native species? So we do pest control um, on kangaroos. You need uh, tag tags to do so um, through, you know, our um, parks here. But, you What's know, that mean you need tags? I have no idea what that so means. So... T- Pretty much, you need a permit to do so. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't just go out willy nilly, shoot them, harvest their meat. So they're like, "Yo, dog, I heard you like licenses, so I've got some licenses on top of your licenses." Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. That's amazing. It's, it's just, you know how it works, but it also stops, you know, people going out shooting shit willy nilly. That's native. You know, people tend to look at our native animals a bit more sensitive than they do our introduced species. Yeah. But at the same time, um, roo's good eating. It, it is. It's not <laughs> as good as deer, in my opinion. Yeah. Venison's way better. But also, kangaroos are heavily overpopulated. Yeah. Whether it's on a farming standpoint, whether it's on like a road safety standpoint, like you, there's certain spots you drive down and you're going to hit a roo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I've hit, you know, dozens, but luckily nothing too bad. Um, yeah, it's... The kids it's asked t- me. The kids asked me when they've seen the kangaroo signs. Yeah. Um, my boy, he's been like, "Oh, can can we come back and see some kangaroos?" I'm like, "They're normally out like around like three to five, like five a.m. Like right twilight here. Yeah, yeah. Like that's when they come out, right?" Yeah. And I'm like, "And they tend to get hit by trucks. I don't know if you really want to come out here and try to see one, um, but he wants to." And I'm yeah, like, they're, oh, it's they're, not a good idea. They're pretty corpuscular, so they move on. You know, that morning and yeah. last light and feed through the night, but. We can definitely go take your kids out and see kangaroos. Yeah. Um, oh, they'd love that. Yeah. Well, um, well, because that's the thing is, so it's we'll bring it back to the fishing now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's for, for for me and for us as a family, it's like, okay, so we want to get into not just hunting and fishing, but also camping, which I know is something that you're gonna have a lot of knowledge about as well because it comes with it, right? Yeah. So, um, that's yeah, definitely we want to get into that because and 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 go on some trips to do some stuff because we have nothing. We have no idea. We don't know what gear to get. Like, what tents do we get? Do we get swags? Do we get, you know, like, I've got no clue whatsoever. And there's so many options. There and is. Anytime, anytime I go to research it, I imagine it's the same way someone who's like, I've never picked up a skateboard in my life, but I think I want to try it because it looks cool. And they go and they're like, oh, you can get a cruiser. You can get a, a longboard. You can get, there's all these different Pretty options. Pretty much it's, you know? it's, it's similar. You can go to Kmart and buy that $12 skateboard <laughs> or you can go to the skate shop and, you know, yeah. spend hundreds of dollars. Well, like, so, so yeah. I, I work uh, at a skate shop yeah. and I do social media and stuff. And, um, and we were at a, a skate convention thing the other day and, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago and someone came up and was like, how much is a roller skate? and i'm like bro you don't know what you're asking right because like these ones here are a hundred dollars but my partner for she plays roller derby right and her latest setup that she got was two grand yeah right it's and that's not even the highest end like that's pretty good she's got some pretty good gear 
but I'm like, how long's a piece of string? You know what I mean? And, And when I look at camping stuff, I feel like, there's just I, what what there's yeah. so many options and customize and this and that and do you want the kit with the, I no idea no idea bows are exactly the same yeah guns are exactly the same yeah. like you know on the wall there that's that black one on the end with the green strings that's you know two and a half grand without the bits and pieces on it just by itself almost right where down here you got a couple hundred bucks yeah you know it it. So when I when I shot, I didn't shoot recurve. Yeah, yeah. You See, so I know some stuff. You shot recurve. Was it? Oh. So compounds are the ones with the wheels on. Oh yeah, no, I shot recurve, not yeah. compound. Yeah, yeah that's so, the thing. See, then, I got it wrong. Yeah. See, I tried to throw something out because I know something, <laughs> and I got it wrong. Uh, that's all right. I knew I knew what you meant. Yeah, I shot uh, recurve. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Normally, people like they'll see the the ones with the wheels on it, the compounds, and they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, that's a cool crossbow." I'm like, mm, "It's no. not a crossbow," but. <laughs> No, that one is though. You, you, that is, that yeah, is. That's a re- scope on it and everything. That's a recurve crossbow. A recurve crossbow. And you can also get compound crossbows. You know what Darryl I love? Dixon. Uh, and, and the kids love at the medieval fair and the guys that are making crossbows yeah. and you watch them do it. Yeah, the kids, no, the kids are in awe of that. So when you go to the medieval fair, <laughs> um, there's a, most of the time there's a girl there with a taxidermy stand. She sells skins, yeah, bones, yeah. Yep. antlers. Yep. That's one of my good friends. Drinking horns. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think she has drinking horns. There's other stalls that oh, do, okay, yeah, but yeah. she has skins and right. all sorts of wicked stuff. Um, but yeah, the medieval fairs are pretty cool here. Gum and Ang- Angerston is the other one, is it? Um, I know there's two. We went to one out like out the Barossa somewhere. Yeah, I think that was the Angerston one. I'm not. Yeah, not quite sure. But yeah, back to fishing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Camp, camping, camping and fishing. You know, I have no idea what to get. That's the thing. What do I get? Depends on what your budget is. Depends on how comfortable you want to be. You know, um, it dep- you've got a partner and kids. Like, you got to think of them as well. Yeah. Me, I'm okay with a swag. Right. I can roll out a swag with a sleeping bag and a pillow in it and be fine. Yeah. But once you start bringing a partner into it, they'll want a tent because a swag can be claustrophobic. And right. people tend to get claustrophobic in swags and it's tight. And it's not a hundred percent waterproof, you know. They're pretty waterproof, but yeah. um, then you want a tent. But you've got a four people in your family, so you don't want to. F- Normally, when I when I used to work at BCF, I'd tell people that a two man tent's good for one person. Yeah, a four man tent's good for two people. Right. So you really want about a six person tent. Okay. For four people, um, then you need. You got to work out what you're sleeping on. So you you've got, you find a tent. Whether you spend a couple hundred bucks, BCF, Tent World, um, Anaconda, they all have specials at times where stuff's half price. Um, you speak to them majority of the time; they'll know what they're talking about. Um, then you want you can either get stretches, you can roll swags out in the tent, um, you can get inflatable. One like mattresses yeah, that you, got air you mattresses see, for that yeah. One, one guess. yeah, yeah. I hate them. Yeah. They're shit. <laughs> I hate them too. <laughs> but you can also get self-inflating ones. Okay. So they have cushioning in them. They've got foam in them. But yeah, do the valve and they suck in air. Right. They're much more comfortable. They're not as thick. Um, they're a good option. Then you want a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't we just strip some strip some leaves, pile them up, get a fur, 
For you, you, you can, but I, I doubt you'll convince your partner and you. <laughs> maybe the kids, but oh yeah, yeah, the kids would be into that for sure. But yeah, it it, it changes, man. Um, you know, and last year we went and got a camper trailer to right. make things a bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And the kids have stretches. Um, you can get bunk bed stretches, right? Which are great for kids, but then you also need a warm sleeping bag too because you've got that air that sucks in underneath the stretcher material so you want you know minus five minus eight sleeping bags right um all sleeping bags come with like a comfort rating and an emergency rating right so usually you know like comfort rating might be it might be rated at like zero degrees but comfort level is five and then extreme survival ratings like minus 15 Okay. So it will keep you alive, but it won't be comfortable. Like it's just enough to, so, right. you know, okay. I, I like so a good. Like you'll still feel the cold, but yeah. you won't get hypothermia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it, it, it changes, you know, um, you'll see these ratings on sleeping bags when you go buy them. Yeah. Um, and that's what they mean. So you've got the three ratings on there. There'll be like one higher, one in the middle, and then one pretty low. Um, yeah. So it just depends on. On what you're chasing, you know, right. fishing can be the same. You can go buy a Jarvis Walker special, yeah, for fifteen bucks. Okay. It's it's good to start with. I Tons saw of carp. at the newsagents. Yep, I saw a fishing rod yep. in a magazine. Yeah, it was like Fishing Australia or yep. something. It was yep. fifty bucks, yep. and I had a fishing rod in it. I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Look, it, it's the same with everything: guns, bows, camping, skates everything yeah there's your lower end stuff and there's your higher end stuff you got your middle end stuff it will all get you started it just depends on what your price range is you know right. there's no point going out and buying top of the range when you don't know if you're going to enjoy it or not yeah and there's no point if you're going to do lots of it buying the cheapest of cheap you know yeah um bcf anaconda they do good combos for you know a hundred bucks yeah you can get the rod and the reel then yet some have the line, some don't. See, that'd be good. My, my missus has a go at me if I, cause I'm the type where I'm like, if I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it right. Yeah. Babe. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm so, going to go all out, but she gets mad. Cause then it's like, if I don't stick with the hobby, yeah. like, what the hell did you do with that? $800. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so most of my gear is that mid range gear. And because I worked at BCF, I also got the, the like work is special nice. too. So yeah, that's always good discount. Yeah, so, yeah. A lot of my stuff, you know, not even mid-range. You can spend way more on it, but it all catches your fish. Yeah. Um, you know, especially depending what you're targeting. You but know. does it make it easier? It can. it can. It can. Or is it more about the more skill comfortable, of the person? The skill, it's so many variables go in it. How smooth the reel is, how well something casts, how light, how flexible, all of that, you know. Right. Different rods have different, like, stiffness and all sorts of... It's... They have different kilo ratings for different fish, you know. There's there's rods that people use for carp fishing and small fish, then medium fish, freshwater, saltwater, beach fishing, boat fishing, right? Fly fishing. Yeah. Um, what is fly fishing? I hear that all the time. What is fly fishing? So I don't even know. fly. When you think of a rod and reel, what do you think of? When I think of a rod and reel, yeah, I think of like a rod. Yeah. 
and a reel. Okay, <laughs> so you're, you're actioning, the action. you're yeah. actioning an egg beater reel. That's okay. what, so you know the old school egg beaters, how you yeah, yeah, have yeah. the handle yeah. and you, you wind them. So that's, yeah. that's classed as an egg beater. You've also got an overhead reel, which pretty much the rods back the front. So the eyes on the rod where the line goes through, instead of them being on the bottom of the rod, okay, so yeah. they run from the egg beater reel through the eyes. An overhead sits on the back of the rod, but so, and sits on top of the rod. That sounds and then weird. The, then the eyes, <laughs> eyes are on top of the rod. Okay. So it kind of kind of like you're fishing upside down, but it's more accurate for casting and lure fishing. Then with fly fishing, you've got a big, kind of like a hand reel, attached to a ten. 11 foot rod with like instead of having line on it it's got like a rubbery line and then you've got a leader which is your fluorocarbon and then the fly what they refer to as fly fishing is a little lure that's usually hand tied so it's a hook with a bunch of fur foam bits and pieces tied in to make it look like an insect so with a that's where it gets the name with a normal rod you're casting out with bait or uh you know there's hundreds of different types of lures yeah, you put the worm on the hook yeah, you put the worm on the hook you and cast you get it out. the the sinker thing that yeah. makes it dip down lower yeah. right yeah. i know that much the sinker so you just yeah. sit it out there you tighten your line just enough so it's not moving the line straight and you can see your bites where a fly fishing what you're targeting is fish surface feeding usually right so you're casting you're pulling the line out of the rod by hand yeah and then you're doing like a whipping motion, and that's how you gets... see the the ones that look like dragonflies. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh, so little insects okay. and larvae yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. So they're mimicking like a hatch of dragonflies and stuff like that, where the nymphs not... are turning into the dragonflies and the fish are feeding on the surface. Yeah. So you're putting that fly where fish are feeding on the surface, and they're coming up and smashing that. But usually you're, when you're fly fishing, you're sight fishing. So you're in a clear stream where you can see right. where fish are surface feeding. And you're, what you're trying to do is stand back and pull that line out and then place that fly right where those fish are feeding. Right. Rather than... And so in those instances, you would rather just shoot them with your bow. Depends on the I've species. Seen, yeah. I've seen you do that. I've seen it. So here, yeah. we can do that for carp in the backwaters okay. of the Murray only. Um Another introduced species here we have is trout. You'd know what a trout is. Yeah. I bet you played RuneScape growing up. <laughs> no, I never <laughs> no, actually. really? Never, never no. That surprises me because no. even I did. Uh. No, no. no, but I see uh, because my dad could no longer go out and do yeah. these things, he had, oh, was it Rex Hunt's Fishing 97 <laughs> yeah. or whatever on the computer? So, like, I played some fishing yeah. games on the computer. Yeah, yeah. so it, it all changes. Like, as we were talking with... Different types of bows, different yeah, yeah. types of rods, different types of methods. There's different, like, there's fake baits, there's real baits. Yeah. Then lures can, they can dive, they can be on top of the water, they can yeah. spin through. So I know um, bits and pieces, because yeah. I said picked up from my dad. And, and, like, that was one thing I remember as a real young kid being like, how's he, like, I understood the lures that looked like a little minnow or whatever, but, like, 
how's he catching things with something that looks like a dragonfly? I'm yeah. like, that doesn't make sense. No fish would be stupid enough to be like, oh, this thing that normally flies is in my habitat. Now I'm going to eat it. Well, they Made do. No, sense. They... no, but no, now that <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that it, like you skim along the surface, yeah. right? Now that I know well, that. The, with the with the fly fishing, you're not, you you are kind of skimming across the surface, but you're more trying to place that. Like target then, it right in front of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And then like pull it along in front of them. A little so bit, they yeah. Go after it yeah. sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's the movement and the vibrations and, and the and the look. That's why they mimic it. Yeah. There's But, you know, there's wet flies, there's dry flies, there's all sorts of, it's fly fishing goes over my head. I haven't caught anything on fly yet. Right. Um, you know, an average fisherman. Yeah. Uh, but what you're saying is I won't go out tomorrow and shoot shoot a trout with my bow. No, that's... no. So that's they're they're introduced <laughs> as well. Um but they're a, a game species pretty much. So right. they're targeted by fishermen and they're pretty pretty well respected even though they are introduced here, you know. Yeah. Um Tasmania, amazing trout fishing. Um Victoria, amazing trout fishing. They so your licenses in Victoria actually go to stocking trout in streams and big reservoirs and stuff like that. But when we go out fishing, when I take you, we'll go out targeting carp first. Yep. Just basic. We'll use corners bait, normal rods and reels, egg beater, probably two hooks, sinker, as easy as it can be. And you just sit there and wait for a bite. Right. Um, once we do that, we'll get around to taking your lure fishing whether I take you out in the kayak and we paddle around the reservoir and try for some native species in the reservoirs um, or even just redfin perch, which is that introduced species I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, they're probably one of the best fish to learn how to lure fish on. And yeah. lure fishing, pretty much you're casting and retrieving. Where bait fishing, you're pretty much casting in a spot and just leaving it there till you get bites. Right. So... And this is this is the thing where, with me at least, and I'm probably I don't know if I'm I'm exemplary of other beginners in this way or if it's just uniquely me. But you know, I talked about the the healthy fear and respect of guns. Yeah. I also have a healthy fear and respect of nature, yeah. and a healthy fear and respect of water. Yeah. Right? We were talking before we started about Kevin Smith, yeah. right? And Kevin Smith talks about how like you just you just don't go in water because yeah. it's it's not your domain. We're not built <laughs> to be in there, right? And depends if happen. you <laughs> depends if you look at the aquatic ape theory or yeah. not. But. Well, well, but so I'm like I'm like I'm I'm down for like dock fishing and stuff. But then when you start talking about being in a boat and all that sort of stuff, I'm 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 starting to be like, oh man, I don't know. I'm in over my head already just talking about it. Well, you won't be in over your head. You'll be sitting above the water. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Though. You know, I'm like I'm not going to make your wade into to you at your chin. But I do have that sort of like. I don't know. It's. I, I guess it's going to be an exposure therapy sort of thing because I'm going to have to get used to it. Oh, it's it's completely different to what you've ever done. You might have done bits and pieces in games and that before. Um, you know, even you picking up a fish is probably going to be really, really, really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about like, even one of my good mates, Ilias. I took him out to shoot his first carp, and he's picked this carp up after he shot it with a bow. And, you know, carp are pretty slimy, the scaly. They right. flop around as you pick them up, you know. And he's screaming like a little schoolgirl as he's doing <laughs> it, you know. Like I imagine you've got to grip it pretty tight. You do, you do. But yeah. it's amazing, like, watching someone who's never picked up a live fish before pick it up and, yeah. like, you know, they're squirming and fidgeting and... 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, cause I am, I'm like, I, I would, I dread the idea of seeing like a, a still alive, but injured animal on yeah. the side of the road or anything, because I will want to help. Yeah. But then I'm like, I don't know how to touch you, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> so I normally don't. Yeah. That type of situation. I just go straight to putting out the misery yeah. rather than calling someone out, you know, but like, that's where <laughs> I'm, I'm like, so I'm, I'm worried about like whether I'm even going to be able to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's in your DNA. You can do it. It has to be right. I'm like, here, so I, I'm here, so I have to. Have, yeah, yeah, I get you. All these people that say they can't do it. If you're in a life and death situation, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Which today you're not going to be in a life and no. death situation, but you know, if you've got someone there guiding you and explaining to you, you know, well, moving on from fishing, I'll teach you how to shoot. Yeah, we'll go out do some target practice probably go out spotlighting after that and aim for rabbits, hares, foxes, small game. Right. Under night, driving around at nighttime with a spotlight, shooting them. You find their eyes and then you shoot them from there. Well, like the eating is a big thing for me and I love the rabbit too. Rabbit's great. European hares, good. Yes. Great in stews. Yes. Foxes, I wouldn't eat, but you can if you want to. I'm not going to (laughs) judge. They make some pretty... I'll probably give it a try. I'll try anything twice. Right? (laughs) He's got to gotta make sure hey there's there's youtube videos of guys eating foxes and coyotes and And raccoons yeah well raccoons are supposedly pretty nice i know a few people that yeah that that eat them um they got balls they're they're a weird animal man Uh, i I had some experience with them in mexico they're a strange strange animal yeah but foxes man you get some pretty cool trinkets you get tails you can preserve the tails you can preserve the skins I've got a shrunken fox head up there from my taxidermist friend who I was telling you about that does the medieval fairs. Yeah. Um, I see foxes running around just like on the here. roads out here. Yeah. Like, cause I would like, you know, I don't give away too much, but like in, yeah. around near where, where I, where I've moved to and stuff, I just drive I've down the road. Seen and foxes see them running and hares in the paddock across the road from my house. Just um, run alongside the cars on the, like, yeah. it's like it's nothing. Because suburban foxes, there's food. Yeah. We leave dog food out. We leave cat food out. There's right. cats, there's mice, there's rats. You know, it's pretty well lit so they can hunt easier. Yeah, yeah. A fox will eat small cats, you know. Like, this area was farmland 15 but years ago. But you're the monster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I eat cats. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, you identify as a furry. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're part fox, aren't you? Yeah. Thank you for coming out to me. That's very brave. Foxkin. <laughs> Yeah, um, that is a fox skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, starting on rabbits, probably the best thing to take someone out to start off on. Um, yeah. We don't really have the populations as we used to, you know. Um, growing up, doing school works, you've seen all the rabbit plagues and stuff from back in the day. We don't have it like that. We've, we release viruses such as Khaleesi virus and myxomatosis that, Takes Khaleesi. A, like, yeah. like Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a bitch get a virus named after her. <laughs> I think they named her after the virus, but there you go. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Um, so they've taken a toll on the rabbit numbers, but rabbit's great because it's great eating. Mm. It you can stew it. I love Kentucky frying it. So getting Kentucky fried seasoning, frying it, it's awesome. Better yeah. than chicken, 
very similar but better, um, which is most people find strange. Yeah. I know everyone uh, says something. Ta- everything tastes like chicken, but rabbit is very, very similar to chicken, yeah. especially when it's Kentucky Fried. No, I like. And I you, like rabbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a small animal. Great to teach someone how to gut and skin the basics because um, you don't really need a knife to skin a rabbit. You can just pretty much put a tear in the back of it so and in, just... In Red Dead Redemption, he just he just yeah. rips it straight yeah. up. Yeah. So it, you, you can pretty much do that, even if you put like a little insert in the skin. This is my experience yeah. with hunting. Red, Red Dead Redemption. Yep, yep. <laughs> It's pretty much all I did on on Red Dead. I, it was I, good I, fun, man. I killed so many hours doing that. I, I preferred Red, Red Dead Undead Redemption. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, on, the on zombie, the one. old school one. Yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah. good. Um, and then we'll work your way up to a deer if you feel comfortable doing that. Right. Once we go through, you know, this could be a year down the track, but I want to get you to that point where you take your first deer. Um, like I said at the start of the podcast, we'll try and do a couple. Like, we'll, I'll take you out fishing and hopefully successful. It's See easier easier than hunting. Um, yeah. And then it's something, you know, I reckon I'll take you out first by yourself and then we can do one with the kids because yeah. everything's harder with the kids. You know what it was like. Yeah, no, I wouldn't try it, <laughs> try it on my own first. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, maybe do another one after that and some target shooting just so you've get you've got a little bit more experience and knowledge and then you might have more questions um and then hopefully within a year's time we get you to the point where you can i don't like using the word harvest but lots of people do harvest your your first deer or something yeah along those lines and then you will get to learn how to skin yeah butcher break it down to all the different right. cuts. There's just so much that I can't even fathom. Like, so when you're talking about like, oh, you know, you make the holding the fish for the first time or or people, you know, experiencing their first kill and wanting to sit with the animal or, or needing to have a minute to cry. Yeah. Or, and it's like, it's, those are the things that, that it like, obviously it's for me because I'm a conspiracy nut, the world's ending. I need to be prepared. <laughs> um, and, and, and I want to be able to feed my family and I want to upskill in that yeah. way. But there's also the pull to those moments that I can't even wrap my head around what they might be like. Cause I have, I have no context at all yeah. for what that could possibly well, feel it's, like. It's like in the past, you've sent me messages. You're like, Hey, I was watching this show. The blood was coming out this, like this. Yeah. Is I, was that what Dexter. I was watching Dexter. <laughs> Is yeah. that how it happens in real life? I'm like, yes. And no. And like, you know, it's yeah. unless you act like I hate, I struggle watching movies and TV shows and, you ask my wife, Kim, she'll tell you. I sit there and pick apart. I'm like, well, no, the blood's not going to look like that after a day or two. The blood's not going to yeah. be like that. You're one of those that, psychos. That, bu- <laughs> that that bullet's not, that's not how it would work. Yeah. Oh, you know, Walking Dead where the bolts from the crossbow aren't even going through the zombie skulls. As, yeah. No, we we all have our it's we like, all have our areas like that because again, like if if we're watching a show and they they do like a flashback to the seventies and people are skating, we're like those skates weren't around. In the 70s. <laughs> like, so I yeah. I get you. We we all have those yeah. bits. You know? I get you. Um, and yeah, like like I've said to you in the past, like unless you ask these questions to someone that like Facebook's hard because if you ask these questions on Facebook, you've got all these people <laughs> with yeah. all different yeah 
degrees of experience uh you know just pull everything apart you know and argue everyone like you know opinions are like assholes everyone yeah. has one well there's going to be regional variants to opinions there, as well and all sorts of stuff regional there's different laws yeah state by state country by country like yeah. like me shooting european cart with the bow yeah like I've, I've, you know, there's been times where I've gone out and shot 140 with a couple of mates and, you know, you shoot them, throw them on the bank, leave them. You post those photos on a European carp fishing page. And they're shocked. You're deleted straight away. Like, <laughs> right. Like these carp are a trophy. Yeah. Quite no, unquote trophy. Yeah, like, I get you. Trophy doesn't always mean like horns and antlers. You'd, like, you'd I look they'd at, understand though that it's different in different places. People no. don't, man. It's 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 even though they're part of the culture. Even though they're part of the culture, it changes culturally. Right. Like we have all these animals, like even with um like First Nation Indigenous people, like depending on the area they were is depending on the totem animals that they had. Yeah. And you know and some had turtles, so they didn't hunt turtles. Some had goannas, so they didn't you know, there's yeah. all different things. So, you know, even though that they're all doing the same thing. They all had these animals that they, yeah, they yeah. didn't. And that's every culture, Native Americans, you know, mm-hmm. people through everywhere, you know, had these totem animals. So it happens here. Like, you know, there's animals here that we can shoot and eat, but they're quote unquote protected and right. we can't. But, you know, emus, emus are amazing eating, but we don't. We don't have a hunting season for emus, right? You know, where they're basically a giant turkey. Really, I, I did, well, I've they're, never they're, even they're thought of eating an emu. <laughs> like, you know, there's a weird one. But TikTok, I was watching videos on TikTok the other day of First Nations Indigenous people cooking emus, yeah, and echidnas, and well, they just smoke them, yeah, no yeah. ground ovens and all of that, and they're doing it as traditionally as they can, but it's yeah. like, you know, we've got all this stuff we can harvest here. Yeah, I've, we I've could tag. people talk about, like, the wombats too. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. Apparently echidna is amazing. Yeah. From everyone that I've spoken to that's eaten echidna, apparently go. it's like, it's amazing. But, yeah, I would just have to try it one day with <laughs> some First Nations people. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's hunting's a strange one because depending where you are, is depending on what you can take, what your ethics are. You know, yeah. ethics are down to every person. Well, I see I'm of the mindset that if I'm going to kill an animal, I have to make sure every part of it has gone to use somehow. Yeah, and I understand that. Um, but also, because we do a lot of pest control here, we do shoot animals and leave them at times as well. Right. You're not always going to be able to use the animal um, and sometimes you just have to do the pest control because in South Australia, especially we're only allowed to shoot on private property. So if the owner goes, we've got way too many of these, we want them shot out, whether it's rabbit, hares, foxes, deer. Yeah. You do what you, the owner asks you to do because they're doing you a favor by letting you hunt there. So you go by what they want. Yeah. Um, also disease, all of that has a factor into it. Um, but it's as bad as it sounds, it's not being wasted if you just leave something there. 
because it's going back down into the soil. Yeah. All the native birds, all of that are eating it. All the nutrients, you know, goes back into the soil. I get that, yeah. How nature intends it to be, you know. So you're not really wasting anything. Yeah. But it is a personal ethics thing. It's also a personal, yeah, just a personal personal thing. So, you know, you can tan every hide you get, but then you don't really have heaps of uses. People turn them into pillows and, you know. Depending on what you're into, you know, people shoot deer and turn their antlers into dog chews. Mm. Um, they make knife handles. They do all sorts of stuff. So yeah, well, it's, it's it, we'll see. It's craft activities yeah. for the kids too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it, exactly, got to like, look at it that way. That I look at it, look at things differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, there's yeah. there's all sorts. Like when fallow deer are rutting, so April when they're mating, they they become quite aggressive. You can get a pair of antlers. So I'm not sure if you know or not, but antlers grow every year. They drop off and then regrow where horned animals like goats, they don't accept for the pronghorn antelope in North America. So they're the only antelope species that actually shed their horns and regrow them back. But you can grab a pair of deer antlers and in April, end of March, and rattle these antlers together and call in buck deer, like the buck fallows coming in to fight. And it works with other species too, but I'm just using the fallow as an example. Yeah. But, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do with them. But the, so are there, are there any anything that you hunt here that's that's dangerous? Well, deer can be dangerous. They've got, you know, swords yeah. on their heads, as Rogan calls them, giant yeah. forest cows <laughs> with swords on their heads. Right. Um, Scrub bulls have been known to be pretty dangerous. There's a story of an old school bow hunter told by, I heard it from Adam Greentree on a podcast, but um, this guy got gutted pretty much by this scrub bull, climbed a tree and looked down and his guts were sitting on his on his leg and he had to wait for this bull to die before stumbling, like climbing back down that's, the tree and stumbling back into camp. He survived. That's um, horrifying. <laughs> When you mess around with big game, there is chances of something bad happening. You know, if an animal's wounded, if because that's something that doesn't get talked about, animals do get wounded. Yeah, you're not always going to make that great, great shot, and it's an animal isn't always going to die as instantly as you think it is. So, you know, if you shoot it, this is why we have to work on target shooting because you want that that perfect shot for it to die as quickly as possible. Yeah. If you're back in the stomach, it can take a couple of days to die. It can not die at all, but, and survive. Like right. I've shot deer and found bullets lodged in them from a year or two beforehand. Like an animal isn't like, a, if you got shot, you'd cry. And like, if you weren't fatally shot, you'd cry. So, you know, until you got medical <laughs> attention. Not you in, yeah. in general, yeah. Oh, no, but yeah. just no. people in general. Where a deer, they only know to keep living. If they lay down and die, they're going to die. But if they just keep pushing through, we put our human emotions and our suffering into the animal where they don't really feel the emotions we feel. Yeah. So, you know, them getting shot and wounded, they can live and will live a... Complete long life. Right. So that's like if they'd gotten into a fight or if they'd, yeah, well, they'd fallen deer, they down have something these, or... They have these antlers on them. 
Yeah. You know, they they kill each other with these antlers. That's what the antlers are intended to do right. to fight for the harem. Yeah. Like you know that during the the mating times, the rut, the raw, whatever you want to call it, um, you'll find holes in the shoulders and the neck and the rump of deer from where the tines of the antler have gone. You know mm. this pen length into the animal and further like there's people that have shot stags and bucks and elk balls with snapped off antlers in lodged into their side of their eye and their temple and yeah like you know so we put our our feelings and our pains and emotions into these animals where they just keep living where we would lay down and die how much of it of hunting as well as like just watching them for a bit more than you're more than not more than not more like, than not okay yeah there's times i'll go out and i'll just sit down and watch the animals i i'll have the gun in my hand or the bow in my hand and i have no intention of shooting something right but i'm sitting there against a tree watching deer through a binoc- like my binoculars watching you know all sorts of stuff you know so that you, sounds dope you, you, it it, it, yeah. it is good like you know there's been times where deer have walked five eight meters away from me and i'm sitting up against a tree or a bush and i'm just sitting there so you're gonna love me because i I will ask the stupidest question i don't even go shoot i'm a bit of a mouth breather especially in winter yeah am i gonna be able to hide from a deer well when (laughs) when you're setting yourself up on an animal what you're doing is you're putting yourself downwind downwind from the animal yeah yeah so again, big big buck hunter. I, yeah, yep, I yeah. Get, gotta go downwind. You gotta press that button, that L three. Make sure that the wind's going the opposite way. I get yeah. it. So you're using the wind to your advantage. With a bow, you want to get close. You know, fifty meters. People shoot 100, 110 meters. Mm-hmm. E- again, ethics are everyone's everyone's choice on you know how far they're limiting themselves to shoot. You know. Most people, 50 yards, 50 meters and under. So you don't really have to worry about breathing too much because you're downwind as well. With rifle hunting, you're shooting, you know, I because I'm not a great long-distance shooter, I'm shooting 200 yards and under. Um, that's my capability. Yeah, you give me meters. Meters, 200 meters, whatever. Okay. It's it's right. very similar. Right. Um, where people shoot deer at 1,000 meters. Okay. You know, it, again, ethics, but if you're shooting a deer at a thousand meters. Why are you saying win- ethics with that? Like, is that just like personal code? Like what you Yeah. Is- yeah. Like, um, you know, everyone's like, some people like, you can't shoot a deer over 300 yards or 300 meters. Why? Why do they say that? Because they try and push their ethics onto other people because they have their code of ethics. But is they it think like, everyone else should have. Is it like the caliber needed to shoot that distance is going to do more damage and or something like, or is it just? And there's more chances. It's of how stuff. it's always been done. There's more chance of something going wrong. Hmm. You know, the more the further away you are from an animal, if that animal takes a step, depending how far it is, you could miss and hit back by a couple of inches or centimeters, whatever you want to see, to say, or a couple feet. So you might be aiming at the shoulder. And you might hit it in the rump, you know, if that animal takes a step and you're shooting a thousand, thousand meters. So, right. you know, all these people have their, their ethics. Like some people 
will only head shoot an animal because they drop straight away. Where if you shoot just behind the shoulder, they might run 50, 60 metres till they run out of blood. Right. Um, and bows and rifles, like bows you're aiming for blood loss, rifles is the impact of that bullet hitting the animal and breaking up is what usually kills it. But you can still, you know, an animal can still run 200 metres downhill up, like, you know. So uh, then you got to be able to track it too. You can. Yeah. Because not every shot's going to be great. Right. Blood, you lose animals. You do. It sucks. I get emotional. I kick myself. I've lost animals. It's not something that's talked about lots. Everyone shows their successes. Nobody shows their failures. Right. You know. So it's, it, it is a hard one, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something, do it, man. Show, show the failures. Yeah, I, I do at times. Yeah. I do at times. But with showing the failures, because we've got such a anti-hunting community these days who actually troll through social media to find yeah. these failures, then they use that against us. You know? Like, the, look how awful. Yeah. The RSPCA is constantly gunning for us. The other well, they're not gunning. They, <laughs> they wouldn't believe yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, they kill more animals than hunters do every year. <laughs> oh, really? Well, shelters. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Animals don't. Okay, yeah, yeah. Find homes. What do they do? Gas. Yeah, them, you know. Yeah, that's okay when we do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 because we do it with love. Yeah. Well, so do they. <laughs> and, and and chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it can be a touchy subject. Um, was there anything else you want to, man? That's, touch on, I'm, man. I'm 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 keen to start. I'm keen to go and catch my first fish and let yep. you laugh at me when I squeal. Oh, I will. Um, I'll I'll definitely try and film it. That's for sure. Because I reckon yeah. your kids will get a good, even your partner will get a good kick out of Yo, watching I'm you gonna, squeal like I'm a gonna, girl. What I'm gonna do is you're not ready for me, bro. You're not ready for me. I'm gonna go watch every video I can find of people picking up fish <laughs> so that I don't screw it up. And I'll pick it up like a like an old hat man. I'll, I'll pick it up a professional just be like what? <laughs> what then, are you gonna do with this then, footage? Then go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so slimy. <laughs> uh, well Thank you very much for coming on. It's definitely been a different podcast compared to what I've done in the past, just because you don't have the experience, but I, I think it's nothing. also <laughs> one of the best ones I've done as well, because we've broken down so many different bits and pieces, and it's going to be a great resource for people that are getting into hunting, fishing, camping, um, and they should know not to be afraid to ask what they might think as a silly question. Yeah. If you know someone that does it, shoot them a message, you know. We need more hunters, fishermen, campers in Australia because we're slowly losing our rights to do so because Greens parties, politics, governments. Sorry, all the grid goes down, we won't have a choice. <laughs> all your conspiracy theory, <laughs> <laughs> theory mates. <laughs> Yeah, when the grid goes down, man, we won't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, man. No, Thank you. Good. I can't wait to get out there and, and learn. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to teach you and, you know, because teaching you is not just going to 
have you experiencing it. Your kids are going to yeah. eventually experience it, yeah. you know, and then they'll be able to teach their kids and friends' kids and, you know, it's yeah. the more people we bring into this lifestyle, the more they're going to bring more people in, you know. So it's the growth is good, you know. Yeah. As a, a guy, a hunter, you won't know him, but Clay Newcomb always says we've got to guard the gate and the best way to guard the gate, in my opinion, is bring more people in Yeah. and show our passions, share our passions and, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a couple more podcasts as your skills and knowledge increases and, yeah. But, yeah, thank you very much, man. Thank you.